ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. the Rocketeevils. I am Evil Aaron. And I am Evil Matt. And we have captured your precious Rocketeers and taken over the Launchpad podcast. <laughs> we leave the rakish roomies in the most diabolical deadly predicaments. Matt is chained to a slab with a laser inching its way up. Prepared to cut him in half. And Aaron dangles from his feet above the deadly prism sharks of Obsidian. Sayonara, rocket turds. To the rocket ship, evil Matt. <laughs> Dude. Dude, what, what was with that voice? I thought you were going to do... I was doing an evil voice. I thought you were going to do an evil voice. I was doing any that you're gonna tell me my voice wasn't evil enough? That all villains have to have an evil voice. You you think Skeletor sounds like that? What did I say? Did I say I thought I sounded bit like I didn't I didn't inspire you with terror? That wasn't scary? No. You gotta what do something it? very evil, man. You gotta you gotta have something. You know, that's something. like play evil scientist. That's like played out though. I was trying <laughs> to do like a new thing, like how like like Daniel Craig is like the new James Bond. He's not like the old James Bond, like a suave guy. He's like a weird fucking Yeah, but we're the villains. We gotta sound you know, you're either deformed, have an accent. All right, let me deformed or have an accent. <laughs> either or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. An accent. Uh, I am how you say the evil Matt. <laughs> um, all right, all right. <clears throat> evil voice, evil voice. I, I am, I am evil Matt. There you go. Ah, now I'm evil, feeling it. evil Matt. I am evil. Evil Aaron. <laughs> oh, are you gonna rip on my laugh now? Yes, I will rip it apart. What, what, like for real though, that was like a I I don't even like a child's laughter. <laughs> it inspired hilarity and joy. All right, what's your evil laugh? <laughs> Damn. Like my testicles are like up inside me of fear right now. <laughs> I thought we agreed we would stop talking about testicles. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let me try one. Let me try one. No, wait, wait. We're not doing that one. Okay, okay. No, no, he, he. It shouldn't be, like, if you type it out, it should not be H E H E H E. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> ah, much better. Much better, much better. Okay, I feel good. This, I feel good. This is making me think that you and I could be contenders mm -hmm. in the annals of supervillain history. The greatest. I feel like we could be up there. Up there. With what we just did to the Rocketeers. Yeah. I feel like... They're screwed. There's, I mean, there's definitely worse plans than what we've done. Shitty worse. Like, that's the thing. When I was researching, you know, because I like to stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, you, you research, you do what you're supposed to do to, to, to find the best laid plan and then top that. And most of these plans are shit, dude. I was going to say, see, it's interesting you phrase it that way, because being a villain, I was like, 
I will just copy someone else's work and make it a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> there's uh there's definitely some villain plans that that I think were were well inspired, maybe failed a little bit in the initial planning phases, maybe failed a little bit in the institutional phase. Yeah. You want to talk about some of our favorite and least favorite plans here? Yeah, we've 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 researched this extensively so that we could be the best villains. Well, some of these I would never, never do. Some of them I would do in a fucking heartbeat. Let me tell you one of my favorite, all right, my all favorite right. plans. Throw it at it's me. not one of the best plans. Okay. It's one of my favorite plans. It is literally called Megatron's Master Plan. Ooh. It is a two-part episode from the original generation of Transformers, the first series. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In it, Megatron has this plan. Mm-hmm. He convinces a human to help him. The human has a news copter. They videotape Wheeljack, Sunstreaker, Ironhide, and Optimus Prime stealing energy and being dicks about it. They even fire on the news copter, which this is not the first episode of the series, so like we have been we know that Autobots are good yeah. in this episode. But now they're stealing. What are they stealing? Energy. Just just energy. energy. Okay. And they're being dicks about it. Megatron and a couple Decepticons show up to fight the Autobots, Ooh. yelling, literally verbally yelling, save the humans. Even though Megatron has many times at this point yelled opposite shit. <laughs> the tape ends up getting played during Autobots Day, which is a day that was supposedly to celebrate the heroic Autobots. Like a parade and everything? Yep. There's, the city. Dude, there's literally banners that say Autobots Day. <laughs> um, but now everyone hates them because this tape gets played. It was supposed to play like a something, I don't know, their hits reel of greatest <clears throat> heroic deeds. But instead, the bad human who's helping Megatron puts this fucking thing up there and it shows the world that the Autobots were evil this one time for this no one reason. Time. Yeah. So like humanity, everyone immediately hates the Autobots uh, now, right? Yeah. As humans do, <laughs> easily manipulated people, one video fucks them right up. Yep. They, the, the, the humans turn on them so much, there's a trial to see if they're good or bad <laughs> or if they stole this energy. I mean, at least they were trying to do it right, like through the legal system. Humans are thorough, if not. If nothing else, they're thorough. They might be easily manipulated and stupid, but they're found guilty. They're exiled. They're supposed to go on a ship. Wait, why were they found guilty? Because the video For being evil, they're evil now. Because because the videotape showed. Look, yep, I've seen plenty of trials where there's concrete video evidence of people just beating the shit out of another human being, and those perpetrators of beat the shit out of other human being went free. So, I don't know why this works out. Maybe there's a race thing in this issue because it's humanity versus robots. giant robots, okay. robot okay. aliens. Yeah, right. Mm, that's rough. So they're found guilty. And even though Optimus Prime is like, uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't do any stealing <laughs> or shooting at humans, he's like, yeah. I have to stand by your Earth rules. We'll get on this spaceship and leave. They're exiled. Oh, shit. Megatron reprograms the spaceship to fly directly into the sun. <laughs> Baller! <laughs> right? Talk about awesome villain moves. Now, what really happened was, and Spike finds a tape of this later because some, for some reason the cameras caught this as well. Megatron had other Decepticons dress up like the Autobots. <laughs> so the giant four-story tall robots are actually in giant four-story robot 
costumes. They literally take <laughs> off like Optimus Prime masks. Did they just call it Morris costumes? And be like, can you do a specialty costume for us? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> I, guess so. I need a four-story building. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, this is, and you'd have to do it like covertly because if you were a costume shop and you got a giant order for four Autobots that later committed a crime, like, wouldn't you be like, uh, hello, news? Yeah. This is costume Joe, and I just made those four costumes for a Meg Etron. <laughs> You'd have to call up and be like, uh, hi, this is Optimus Prime, and I need a costume of myself. <laughs> Sadly, that episode ends, and Optimus Prime and the Autobots do not fall into the sun. They come back and prove their innocence with the help of Spike, their friendly human sidekick. Damn it. Seemed like such a good plan. Getting giant robot costumes of your enemies and then doing bad shit that humanity immediately turns on them. That's a good plan. Great plan. Man, that reminds me of a pretty good, like, swapping identities story from one of the greatest villains, Dr. Doom. Oh, one of my idols growing up. Yeah, Dr. Doom was, is the man. I mean, he got Henry Kissinger to give him diplomatic immunity. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of his plans don't always work out, and one of them in particular is he goes after Daredevil, swaps places with him in order to defeat the Fantastic Four. I now, heard about that. He starts out just saying what a wimp and what a loser Daredevil is. True, And true. he's like, I have all these dangerous things. I don't even want to waste them. He beats Daredevil immediately, just knocks him out. Like, punch, one punch knocks him out. But then it's like, I'm going to switch places with you? Why would you switch places with the guy that you have already been berating for being weak? Also, why would you switch places with a blind guy? If you haven't been practicing, like, has he been practicing with his eyes shut, like, how to defeat the Fantastic Four? He didn't really think this through. (laughs) He also didn't tell anybody that he was doing this because Daredevil wakes up in Doctor Doom's body and is like, whoa, I have metal hands. Whoa, I have a metal mask. And not like, Whoa, I can see now. (laughs) But then, because Dr. Doom didn't tell anybody that he was doing this, Daredevil Doom, Daredevil inside Dr. Doom's body, is like, hey guys, let me out. And they're like, okay, boss. And he's immediately out. Meanwhile, Dr. Doom is being terrible at being blind. He can't really do much. He's getting his ass kicked everywhere he goes. And then Daredevil shows up dressed as him and kicks his ass again. They finally trade places back. But mm-hmm. Doom, as, like, he never even gets to the Fantastic Four. He doesn't even get a <laughs> chance at it. It's like, why would you pick the guy that you are already saying is weak and, and a piece of shit? Like, why don't mm. you get a guy who's, like, really badass? You know, like Mole Man or something. No, I'm just kidding. Don't get Mole Man. Mole Man's terrible. But, like, go get a real bad guy. Why would you pick a guy who's blind unless you think you could you know, take over the responsibility of not having your eyesight. Sure. I mean, that took years for Daredevil to master. Right. Dr. Doom is like, oh, shit, I, who turned out the lights? It's like, God damn it. And then why wouldn't you tell anybody, hey, there's going to be a version of me in a jail cell. Don't unlock it, no matter what like he says. Like when you're the commander of, yeah. like, an entire country, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, listen, don't listen to me for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. No matter how much I please. Executive order. No matter how much I beg, do not open this door. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's that's the, the bare bones of a good plan. Yeah. Like, I feel like we could improve that. I guess, first of all, you can't enter someone that's too powerful, right? Because that's right. too much of a risk. But not for Doom, because Doom is great. And I guess you probably should enter someone who has all of their senses. Like, that's... I feel like that was the flaw I mean, flaw if you haven't been plan. practicing, like, 
Yeah, I don't. Maybe think... did he not know Daredevil's blind? Because not necessarily everyone knows Daredevil's Ooh, blind. Maybe right. But then if you're Doom and you know Daredevil's blind, don't you tell everybody? <laughs> Guys, sneak up on Daredevil. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, it was a bad plan. We should learn from that. Don't do that. I would never. Well, we don't have to assume anybody's identity. We're like evil clones of the coolest dudes already. I would so. assume you. <laughs> Wait, we just trade each other's bodies? Yeah, who who would ever suspect that? Um, <laughs> our wives, because they'd be like, wow, you're so much cooler all of a sudden. What is going on? Neither one of our wives thinks either of us is cool. <laughs> Neither but, one of our evil wives thinks either of us is cool. Although, wait, if we are the opposite of good Matt and Aaron, would our wives be super... Well, I know my wife would be super cool, assuming she would also be the opposite. Yeah, my wife's just super cool. Which wife? <laughs> getting confused. Our oh, evil plans are confusing. If us. I was evil mad, I would have oh, a lot. Oh, would evil wife evil. not be cool? Right. Well, no. Like, would evil wife be the opposite of good wife? <laughs> like good good Matt's wife is definitely not cool. Would evil Matt's wife then be cool cuz she would be the opposite? She would be the bizarro. I uh, I feel like no matter what I say I'm getting in trouble so I'm just going to leave it at that. You should have a <laughs> wife that doesn't listen to the podcast. Then you can say whatever you want. There you go. <laughs> um speaking of wives, yeah, wow, what a great transition. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Don't put that part in. But speaking of wives, there was a pretty good wedding that was part of his scheme. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Our buddy Otto Octavius. Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Mm, love the doc. He had this great idea. Call me a doctor. In the 70s, in a series that, or, or, or a series arc that spawned not only this incredibly amazing plan that just wasn't thought through, but also yeah. the fucking Spider-Mobile. <laughs> had nothing to do with Doc Ock, but just it happened to appear in this series, yeah. this series arc. Dr. Octopus had this great idea. Yeah. He heard that a certain woman was inheriting an island that had a nuclear facility on it. Damn. And he thought to himself, I have super strong metal arms. Sweet. I'm a genius. True, true. I'm not going to use either of those two things to get to this nuclear island that I want to control. Uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to really scheme this out. He found out this old woman was inheriting it and he said, "You know what? I'm going to marry her so that legally that shit is at least partially mine." He's going to lady killer that shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Which is like a great plan, except when you think like he literally has metal arms and like is a genius and has people working under him. He couldn't like take the island by force Just or like take the island over? Yeah. Who is this old lady? Does she have an army? Well no here no, she doesn't, and that's the thing. Okay. I think this plan would have worked except this lady turned out to be the aunt mm-hmm. of the alter ego of the amazing Spider Man. Oh Jesus. And you know superheroes like I know superheroes. They're always fucking your shit up, right? They're always yeah. figuring out what you're yeah. doing whether it's on purpose or an accident. Especially when you start boning their family members. And this, the, the problem here was that <laughs> Doc's, Doc Ock's greatest nemesis was invited to the wedding. So pretty much he found out about the scheme pretty fast. <laughs> oh, man. How awkward. How awkward. What an awkward wedding. I mean, what, well, just think about it like this. If you were Peter Parker, 
what do you get them as a gift? (laughs) (laughs) There was also a whole problem. Eight mittens. There was a <laughs> there was a problem with uh, Hammerhead, another friend of ours, yeah. uh, a gangster, also wanting control of the island, was in the middle of a power struggle with Dr. Octopus. So not only was Dr. Octopus trying to fight a rival gangster, also trying to keep his plan from and then eventually fighting Spider-Man over his plan, but he also had to deal with all those fucking marital responsibilities <laughs> now with an octogenarian. He's got to li- like live wait, with this old lady. Wait, Hammerhead's plan, like, trying to, like, out-woo her? Was he like, he's like, I brought you flowers. No, like, he was doing it the right way. Oh, he was <laughs> just shooting people and trying to get in there. He wasn't like, ah, I'll fucking bang this old broad. <laughs> and did she know the power of this island, or was she just like, I have She didn't even know she was inheriting it, let oh, alone God. what the power was. <laughs> they end up flying there. And Spider-Man, you know, gets in the middle. Spider-Man leaves Hammerhead and Dr. Octopus to fight in the power facility, which now is unstable because they're fighting in it. Mm. Blows up the whole island while Spider-Man leaves, like literally laughing that they just blew themselves up. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he knew that they weren't going to be dead because we have a way of coming back. I hope there's an insurance policy big enough to cover islands. And I guess Aunt May is technically technically a widow then, right? Yeah. Oh, well, 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 I guess he's not really dead, so it's fine. Well, but a double widower. Now, here's the other thing that I don't understand. And then in the insurance company starts like coming to her because like your first husband died and <laughs> we gave you some insurance money. She's on Dateline. Yeah. Oh, that would be an awesome episode. And then episode. her second husband died in a mysterious nuclear Violence power claims <laughs> the lives of a woman's husband. Then it cuts to like dead Uncle Ben. And it's like violence on a nuclear level, claims the life of her second husband. Coincidence? We think oct. I also (laughs) love the idea that, like, Aunt May seemed to be, like, a pretty with-it woman. Yeah. She knew the current goings-ons of the world. Sure. She knew that Doc Ock was a supervillain. She'd have to. Well, he, like, he literally, in the comics, he has his arms at the wedding. It's not like he's hiding them. Oh my god. He's not like I'm like he's not like I I am Octavius the guy who just moved to t- He's like I'm fucking Dr. Octopus. You want to go on a date? She's like fuck that marriage. <laughs> Why would she think that's a good idea? Like what's Maybe she like likes the bad boy. She's like, I just inherited all this money and an island and a power plant. She didn't know about that. All these men are suddenly interested in me. I don't understand. She was like, yeah. <laughs> I ain't saying he's a gold digger. She probably hadn't gotten laid in a while, too. I have, I'd have to go back and do some research to see if she was cleaning up before that or not. But maybe she was just like, hey, any port in a storm. It might be a maniacally evil port with four extra robot arms. <laughs> but actually, maybe that was the draw right there. Mm-hmm. A little tweak here, a little grab here, a little cupping here. Yeah. Beep, boop, doop, She's doop. like, it's like being in an orgy without <laughs> having all the baggage. Initiate squeezing session now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good plan, though. I think that was, I mean, at its idea, it was a good plan. But I think the, the flaw there is you don't marry the woman who is the aunt and the primary caretaker of your your main foe. Did he know that? I don't yet. believe he did, but you got to do fucking due diligence. But also now he knows that Spider-Man's way into this chick. What if he thought she was trying to like dip in his Cheerios? He thought like Spider-Man was a sexual rival. Not yes. Like- <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so while we're on wives, 
Have you ever heard of a villain called Sleaze? Uh, in what what universe? DC. Mm-hmm. Superman and Miracle Man villain. Excellent. Okay, I, I haven't, but okay. Well, no wonder because he's stupid. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible plan. But he had a plan that had me uh, a little interested. Okay, tell me about this, Sleaze. So Miracle Man, the DC hero with a weird face, and Superman. You know them, right? I've heard of them. Yes. Well, they've, they've stopped many of my schemes. <laughs> One time I tried to marry Superman's aunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miracle Man has a wife. He's married to Big Barda, who is another superhero. Correct. Of little acclaim. I don't know what her powers are. In the comics, she's married to Miracle Man. And this bad guy, Sleaze, has some mind control shit that he can do. Mm-hmm. And he brainwashes Superman and Big Barda and can kind of get them to do whatever he wants. And so now you have two superhumans mm-hmm. brainwashed under your control. Yeah. What what would you do? What would the first thing you would do? Destroy. Well, he thinks a little smaller and he thinks porno film. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. I guess his name is Sleaze. Okay. Yes. He is thinking adult cinema going to make that money and What, you know what year this is? <laughs> um this is 87. Okay. In action, Superman, Miracle Man, action comics. Luckily, before anything can go down, Miracle Man breaks in and saves the day. But, like, he rents a shitty hotel room, (laughs) gets some camera equipment, and, like, Superman and Big Bart are like, oh, hey, are we just going to do this thing or what? And, And luckily, it stops before anything happens. But then they're like, oh, man, what did we do? I don't know. My mind's so fuzzy. Mine, too. And then they just kind of leave it at that, and Miracle Man's just salty as fuck the rest of his life. What the fuck? That's a pretty messed up plan, because it does really, like, put insecurity in Miracle Man, be like, so, like, uh, I know you guys were brainwashed, but that, like, how far did that go? And they're like, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty twisted. Have you seen what Barda looks like? In this comic, yeah. She's not an attractive woman, right? In the comics, in this comic that I'm looking at, yeah. Let me see. No, oh no! I'm thinking of a different Big Barda then. I mean, I yeah, I think I I think Miracle Man's doing pretty good here. He definitely married up. I mean, he has a stupid face. I mean, she looks like Vampirella. Vampirella is a vampire superhero who just wears skimpy, skimpy, skimpy clothing, barely even clothing. I don't even know if you can consider it clothing. Evil Matt, you're wrong. I was wrong. I would star in an adult film with. Yeah, no problem. Get it out there. <laughs> Sleaze still around? Sleaze, if you're listening. I, I just think this is a terrible plan because if you have mind control, do something better with it. Because also, like, once you have this adult, like, really you're just, like, causing mental anguish to Miracle Man. But what the... Superman like, would have felt bad about it, too. Yeah, but, like, it's just a dumb, dumb follow-through. Like, stick... like. It's like, I brainwashed these two characters. And you're like, I'm on board. Go on, go on. And I put them in adult film. Then you're like, wait a second. What if Sleaze wasn't a true supervillain, just wanted some shit for himself? And he was like, you know which two people I find super attractive? Oh, so he Brian Singer did? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking happened there. Oh, man. <laughs> I can understand that. You know, just go out for self. He's like, I'm going to take over the world tomorrow. But tonight, I'm going to get some of mine. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that was a terrible plan, and uh, we better not do that. What do you got? 
What else you got? What other plans do you I'll have? I'll tell you what I got. I got images of a shady hotel room. <laughs> I'm here for the movie. Let's let's go in the complete opposite direction of that, okay? Okay. I think this is a great plan. And it's by one of the most deranged minds in the entire villain community, that the history of villainy that I can even think of. Right. Who? A little guy named the Joker. Ooh. Normally not one for concise plans. Normally not one for means to an end. Often not for pure financial gain. Mm-hmm. And usually like extremely maniacal and murderous. Right. In uh, 1978, Detective Comics 475, mm. and also in the Batman animated series cartoon show, the Joker has this idea where he poisons fish. So that they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Wait, wait, wait. The fish are edible? Yes. The plan isn't to poison all the people who eat fish. No. That's what you think he would do. That's what he should do. He literally did the opposite because he wanted to... Uh, so the poison made the fish have a giant joker grin and a whitish face with red lips. It looked just like him, right? Mm-hmm. The idea being he could do that to copyright fish, like period, fish, so that any fish that was caught and used, he would get a cut of, which I think is actually a great idea at its core. He literally goes to a patent office and says, I'm fucking Joker. I made these fish. I want a cut of all fish that ever happened. And they say, no. No. I. The thing is, uh, the Joker isn't usually motivated by money. Correct. And that also is like a pretty cohesive plan. A, B, C. I want this, so I'll do this, and this will happen. But the problem, I guess, is that legally you can't copyright natural resources. Yeah. And that's what a fish is. But you can copyright a makeup style. So you think he, the, the, you think the flaw in the plan was that he should have... He should have been copywriting his, his face. His look. Yeah. And then by making the fish like that, anybody who was like using the fish as a selling point is like, you owe me money because that's like basically a mascot. It'd be like a trademark. But by that, by that rationale, could you and I not just copyright something that already exists, like a likeness that already exists that nobody's copyrighted? Mm, I, I mean, know. it'd be kind of a dick move, but I'm, we're supervillains. I'm not a lawyer, but I watched my cousin Vinny, so... <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine your name is fucking Ed Idiot and you work in the Gotham City Copyright Office. Right. And your job sucks. <laughs> and you just do bullshit day in, day out. Day you go out. home to yep. a wife who does not appreciate you and you're like, damn, my life sucks. And all of a sudden your door opens and it's the Joker. Oh, and I'm like, I'm dead. This is it. Right. He's going to kill me. And he's like, I want to copyright fish. Oh, my God. And you know damn well. You cannot copyright fish. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, uh, it is your job to know this information. And I, I, in my head, I'm thinking of like the 90 pages of paperwork that I have to now offer to him to fill out, knowing damn well that he's <laughs> going to be like, "You take care of this." <laughs> oh, see, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, even if you knew you couldn't do it, uh, you, I guess you'd have to like give him the application. Yeah, and be but, like, "Oh, you got to mail. Take this home. Here's the paperwork. Mail it in. Takes about three to six weeks." Because you can't tell him no, right? I yeah. think the guy in the comic did, Oof. and I'm sure he died for it. But can you imagine? I would not. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> uh, I'll, 
<laughs> and like, you know, it's like a bank. If you're at a bank and you think the Joker's going to kill you, you could press that little button under the desk yeah. and hopefully the cops pa- or Batman show Patent up. Patent office doesn't get no, that. No, you were fucked. You were on your own, dude. And you're like, just another manic Monday. <laughs> <laughs> First, my boss asked me to work overtime and now this? Wouldn't that suck if it wasn't it? like you were supposed to be out by four? And they're like, can you just stay an extra 45 minutes? You're like, fine. And, and then the Joker walks in. <laughs> and then... If he doesn't get killed, he comes home to his wife and is like, you wouldn't believe what happened. Joker fish application. Did you remember to get the milk? <laughs> that was the exact example I was just going to use. And That's pretty good. And then he just turns around silently, puts on his coat, and walks back out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is strange. Joker, that seems kind of out of character. Well, while we're on the Joker, I mm. have one. Okay. So, in the comic Death of the Family, this mm. is... um. Death of the family. Death not of the, in family. the family. This is a more yeah. recent one. This is the one where the Joker kidnaps the entire Bat family, right? Mm-hmm. This is the one where the Joker has his skin of his face removed and he's wearing it like a leather face. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool design, but yep, you know, yep. it's, it's out there. So Batman wakes up a captive of the Joker and all around him is like Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, everybody. Mm-hmm. And their faces are all bandaged up, mm-hmm. Darkman style. And their faces are all bloody, and that's what happened. At the, that we we as the audience and Batman as Batman know that that's how Joker was when he ripped off his own face, and Joker's face is all ripped off. And you're like, "Damn, dude, what did you do? What did you do?" <laughs> Turns out nothing. Turns out you didn't do anything. Turns out you captured the Bat family and just wrapped their faces in gauze and sprinkled it with like fake blood, like. You've already traumatized Batman enough. You had them captive. You could have just shot every one of them, just pop, 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 walked around the room and been done with it. But, like, you've already tormented Batman. What are you going to do? Just make him think that their faces are ripped off? And I think that's that was the whole end game there, was there was, there was a, a reveal that the Joker may, A, know where the Batcave is. Yeah. But if he did, he probably knows who the alter egos of all those heroes, most importantly, yeah. Batman is. Which is a big reveal, I guess, and everything, but like they didn't really do much with it. They didn't do anything with it. If you have them <laughs> captured, you got, like, the last time this happened, Jason Todd got beat to death with a crowbar. Yeah, that time, he, that time Joker had some <laughs> inspiration where he was like, you know what? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> and then he stuck, that was the thing, he's like, I'm going to set a timed bomb and leave and hope no one saves him. But first... <laughs> See, that is that is criminal masterminding at its best. The Jason with Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Yes. This one is criminal masterminding at its best. Mis- like, ah, yeah, I will Mo- attack him psychologically. Psychologically, most missed opportunity. Huge, terrible. Well, my problem as a, as a fellow supervillain, my problem with the Joker has always been he he is, does those elaborate bullshit plans where he tries to break somebody. Uh, don't break them, just shoot them. <laughs> yeah. With a laser after you've yeah. strapped them to a slab. That's what I always tell everybody. <sighs> Jesus. It seems so simple. Like, here's another example, not to double dip, but here's another example of, like, psychological trauma that just seems wasted. Mm-hmm. You had already brought up Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the time that the Jackal and Norman Osborn, two pretty good villains, mm, pretty, pretty Norman, Norman Osborn is a favorite. Yeah, I watched him growing up, too. Norman Osborn is a classic king among villains. Him and this dude, the Jackal, had this plan where they made, like, a shit ton of Peter Parker clones. 
Like a shit ton of them. Did they know that he was Spider-Man? At this point, yes. Okay. They made the clones. They made the clones fight Spider-Man. And then they were like, switcheroo, you don't know which one's the clone and which one's not. We may have switched you guys up at some point. You may have been living as a clone this entire time and you don't know it. And it's like, whoa, that's fucked up, dude. Really messed up. Awesome. You're going to end that story now? And they're like, nope, going to go on for three more years. And here's the thing here. I can get the idea of the plan. Like, if you were to make a, take a piece of notebook paper and make a pro and con list of that plan, yeah, I can see all the things that you put on the good side, the yeah, pro. the pro. The Twisted. con is you have literally replicated your villain yep. multiple times. Multiple your times. Your worst enemy, there are now many of them. Well, and some of them he has control over. There's there's Kane, who's like the messed up, like the the abortion clone, and then there's right. Spider Side, who's like the bad guy one who just kills Spider Man, but they don't really do anything with it. Like you have all this power and you're just not utilizing it well. Right. And like at the end of the day, if you have all these Spider Man clones, shouldn't shouldn't that be good enough to get rid of Spider Man? But no, the goal is not to get rid of him. It's to confuse him emotionally and i agree i still stay that that is a good plan because if i was just walking around and there was a bunch more me fighting me i would be like first of all why are we not all just taking over the world together because they're fucking amazing yeah i'm amazing if you're also me duh we're amazing but i would be like but where'd you where did you come from though yeah what huh i don't know it went on way too long it would have been one thing if they had like done it and wrapped it up and it all worked out but like it dragged on and made you buy so many extra comics that just felt well, I got to tell you, there is one quick aside to that story. Yeah? That was a Norman, at least in, in part, a Norman Osborn plan. Scheme, yeah. There is a worse plan that Norman Osborn has made. Oh, what is it? That haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you mean red and black stripey haircut? Yeah, like, I don't know. Is that a, is that a color thing or is that a depth thing? Like, uh, what is happening Is there? it braids? Have like Maybe he's got like side cornrows. Side like cornrows, yeah. Would the good Norman Osborne have regular cornrows that flowed <laughs> in the correct direction? <laughs> Me and the Jackal got to get together and clone Norman Osborne. That's what has to happen. Jackal, if you're listening. <laughs> Again, now that you have cloned, why don't you just clone Norman Osborne's and you have a bunch of green... I mean, they kind of did. (laughs) 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 Spider-Man literally has like one, like maybe five villains and then like iterations, like like literally Hobgoblin, Jack-O-Lantern and Demo-Goblin are all like just rip-offs of Green Goblin. Just Mm -hmm. just basically clones of them using the same technology. It's kind of silly. I'm on board. I like the Goblin villains. (laughs) Yeah, they're cool. I actually like Hobgoblin design. I mean, Green Goblin's awesome. I like Hobgoblin design wise I like the color scheme I like the mask mm-hmm. I like everything yeah. about him especially depending on who's drawing but I like him as a goblin yeah the goblins are kind of cool he's my favorite goblin <laughs> except the gobbler he's my favorite <laughs> well we're talking about criminal masterminds yep and we say that Norman Osborne's greatest failing was his hair yeah here's a villain that's so smart he was like I'm not even dealing with any hair <laughs> who am I talking about Lex Luthor you got it nice one of the most genius supervillains ever, right? Yeah. I mean, inarguably one of the smartest, most egotistical, greatest villains. Yeah, he's just like if the Kingpin did Weight Watchers. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if Kingpin <laughs> is just 
Lex Luthor in a fat suit. What? Have you ever seen him in the same place at the same time? Nope. I've never seen him in the same universe at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, 1978, DC published a super dictionary, which was like <laughs> a fun book for kids to like <laughs> talk about definitions of words. And there was also like a little bit of um, like a little bit of adding and subtracting and math and stuff. There were like Wonder Woman was in it. The Flash was in it. Superman, Batman and a bunch of other heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest ones that people remember was Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor had his own little page. They were all little rhymes. and Or not rhymes, but like, I don't know. Little anecdotes. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me read you Lex Luthor's entry into this super dictionary, right? <laughs> when, no one, <laughs> when no one was looking, Lex Luthor took 40 cakes. He took 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens. And that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always do math, but <laughs> now think think about this, okay? <laughs> okay. First of all, this is a grown man. <clears throat> He's stealing cakes. And they mm-hmm. specify when no one's looking. Like they don't want you to assume he was like a daring daylight robbery of the bakery. This is like a mega heist. This is like the movie Heat. Like he's out in the middle of the L.A. streets just like popping off AK-47s and no, M-16s. No, it's more of like like uh, Mission Impossible. He's all dressed in black, like descending Shh. from the ceiling. He's stealing 40 cakes, right? Mm-hmm. How, how much do you think... I bought my wife, my evil wife, a birthday cake the other day, and mm-hmm. it cost $60. Okay. Let's say that these cakes cost $60, which I think is extremely high for a cake, but yeah. I love my wife and it was the last day and yeah. I had nothing else planned. Got to get those good cakes, man. $60 a cake. That's not that's not too expensive for a cake. That's actually like... It's not bad, but I mean, it's more than I want to pay. As a supervillain, I probably should have just stolen it. Okay, true, I true, probably should have just stolen a cake. True, true. I actually probably should have stolen 40 cakes. 40 cakes. $60 a cake mm-hmm. times 40 cakes, mm-hmm. $2,400. That is terrible. That is a lot to spend on cakes. Yeah. Lex Luthor is a billionaire. Yep. In almost any comic, he's super rich. Yeah. You can't you can't spend two and a half grand on 40 cakes, so you got to fucking sneak in and run. That dude pisses money. That dude doesn't have chefs. You can't just be like, beep, boop, beep, boop, like on the house phone and be like, uh, Pierre, make 40 cakes right now, please. There's also, on this page of this dictionary. Yeah. There's a picture of him with like a, a pallet on wheels, like a like a cart. Yeah. And he's running away carrying the cakes like that. <laughs> like for whatever reason, let's just say he needed forty cakes, didn't have the cash on him. I don't know, couldn't bake. Like why <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of all the things, could have been missiles, could have been money, could have been gold bars, cakes. That's a slow super villainy day. Him, right? So there's a Superman, while doing research for this, I found not just stupid villain things, but like stupid hero things. And there's an end of a Superman comic where Superman shows up with a cake big enough to feed an entire city. He's like, I made a giant cake. It's big enough to feed everybody. Everyone can have a slice. But Except he says the diabetics. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I built a giant oven so I could bake a cake big enough to feed the whole oh, city. Shit. And it's just like, first of all. If you work in the Department of Health Services, do you go to Superman and be like, hey, I don't think you're allowed to distribute food like this. You don't have a license to give food away. We give tickets to food trucks who don't have licenses. What makes you think you can just come give giant cakes away? I would love for DC to publish a volume of stories 
of like schlubs who work in Metropolis and Gotham City. Like, can you imagine this guy calls his cousin? He's like, hey, man, I just had to give Superman a ticket for feeding the homeless with a giant cake from a giant <laughs> oven. Oh, that sucks, dude. You think you have it bad, though? I just told the Joker he couldn't copyright <laughs> fish. And have you ever been to an office birthday party and then you like come into the kitchen an hour later and like it's just a shit show mess? Just like a, <laughs> a bomb went off. That's for one cake. Because people like, just ate cake and then ate cake and away. just left and just left plates and like melting ice cream and just cake everywhere. I mean, that's a cake for like 20 people. Can you imagine a cake for the whole city? What's just like left? Just this bomb. Also, where are you? How would you serve that? Where are you building this oven? Do you have a permit to build a giant okay, oven? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me think about it. Let's think about this because you know that I'm a very black and white rational kind yes. of villain. If you make a cake big enough to serve the whole city, I was thinking the cake was proportionate. Yeah. So it was, you know, the same size high as it was wide. That doesn't make sense though. You'd have to make the cake like literally like what, seven or eight inches tall, but you'd have to make it miles long. In the picture, he's holding a cake that's like 20 stories high. It's like huge. So think, even if you had a cake the size of a car. Yeah. A VW bug even. Yeah. If you cut one slice of that, it's still like four feet high. Yeah. <laughs> one slice. You, you, <laughs> like to do this, actually, you would need a normal sized Height Normal cake. height cake. Yeah, like seven yeah. inches tall. Like miles, miles long. long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no. He went high. So that that's, means... That's the problem. That was the problem. I know that, Superman's that not means a villain, but that are getting, was his like, flaw. They're not even getting edges. They're not getting any frosting. They're just getting like chunks, cubes <laughs> of cake. Just cubes of raw cake. Which is essentially what we in the supervillain business call the honey I shrunk the kids problem. <laughs> and that's like, if you're, if you're little and the Oreo is giant, you're just eating handfuls of cream, which yeah. is fine. But, but if you not, have a cake... it's not what you're there for. No, if you have a cake, you want layers. You want a little bit of frosting. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just eating boring cake. Like, I get not getting the rose. And also, as a supervillain, now there's a giant oven in the city. I think we could use that. I think there's a plan there, right? A giant abandoned oven. Wasn't there a I mean, German supervillain who wanted to use a giant oven? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jewish people. Seriously, though, the evil rocketeers do not condone holocausts. Yes, we do not. No zombie holocaust. Ooh, now you're talking. <laughs> cannibal holocaust. Ooh, I also condone a cannibal holocaust. Anyway, Lex Luthor stole cakes, and we turned it into a holocaust joke. <laughs> Who's the real villain? <laughs> <laughs> well, to segue out of Nazis, I guess we can talk about some more Nazis. Wonder Woman, <laughs> she fought Nazis all the time. Oh, yeah, she hated them. In Sensation Comics number seven, Wonder Woman notices something funny. She's out as Diana Prince, her alter ego. Mm -hmm. She's out and about, and she notices that the price of milk is really fucking high, like really high. So high that people can't afford milk, and it's making their kids cry. And Diana Prince hates that shit. So... She, the kids are crying because they can't get milk? Yeah, they're really uh, sad I'm about it. I'm on board with this plan already, so, okay. Diana Prince goes to the Milk Corporation, International Milk Co., mm -hmm. and she's like, hey, milk is really expensive. And they're like, how about we capture your ass and throw you in a milk truck? Because they didn't know why she was asking questions. They could have been like, because we're making money. Deal with the capitalism. Ching, ching. Yeah. Yeah. Ching, 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 ching. Fliff, fliff, fliff. So they throw in this milk <laughs> truck. She changes into Wonder Woman, bursts out, and starts fucking people up. She uses her lasso of truth to get these goons, and they're like, a dead person. 
is our boss. And she's like, what? Doing some more research. She finds out that Baroness Paula von Gunther <gasps> is behind this plot, and she has been dead for years, and she's brought back by Nazi scientists. And her plan is to raise the price of milk so that in 20 years, American children will be weak and puny. Kind of like a long game. This is a long con, yeah. But I'm on board. But here's the thing. You have the ability to resurrect dead people, and your plan is not resurrect all your dead, like, super soldiers and stuff. It's resurrect this one person just so she can raise the price of milk. You are, you're not thinking right. How how am I not? I know we don't really like doing this, but... Mm -hmm. Pretend for a second that you are a superhero. Okay. And you are fighting her, and you know that her power is to resurrect dead, etc., etc. Where are you looking? You're looking for the resurrection of all their greatest warriors. Yeah. You're not looking at the price of milk. Mm. Wonder Woman's not, like, watching the price of yeah, milk. Yeah, but this Superman's is, like, not. A, a 20-year plan, though. That's, like. But if you could get your shit together, <sighs> if you could get your shit together, that would be the way to do it. I mean, but, like, do you think the kids would be weak enough by that point? They aren't going to be like, here, have some calcium pills? Have some almond milk? There's not, like, the alternative wasn't there? There might have been side plans for that. Mm. Almond milk, no. That was only a thing now because they're stupid hippies. So it's just controlling all the children's nutrition to get them to be weak. Not all the nutrition, just milk. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, maybe that would have been, a like, maybe that's phase one. This feels like a pretty narrow, uh, just a very narrow... It was a different time then, number one. Okay. You know, number two. Um, there's also some side benefits to that plan. Yeah. That we're not thinking of. Milk nowadays comes in like jugs or like cartons. Milk cartons used to feature pictures of who on the side? Missing kids. Right. No, if milk is too expensive... People aren't buying milk. Those kids don't get found. <gasps> Fringe benefit. <laughs> nice, nice. I like your evil mind, evil Matt. Mm, yeah. Let those kids stay lost. Oh, my God. <laughs> Time out. This is terrible. <laughs> those lost kids could be found. <laughs> well, since we were talking about things that are way too big, the honey that shrunk the kid problem, I am putting in the first entry of somebody we will hear multiple times. The G.I. Joes, one mm. of our worst enemies. Sure. They are a unbeatable team of elite soldiers. And their nemesis, Cobra Commander, who is a the leader, the incompetent leader, of a terrorist organization. This guy really sucks. He's terrible at his job. I can't believe he's been able to like keep being the leader for as long as he has. Sure. I mean, one of his plans that involved a shrink grow ray like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, was a Christmas episode where the G.I. Joes are taking presents to children, and they have, like, a wagon for collections. And in the wagon is a rocking horse, and inside the rocking horse are a bunch of tiny cobra soldiers. He Trojan horsed them on Christmas? On Christmas. Awesome. And the little tiny soldiers come out, and they have a growth ray, and they get big and start fighting them inside their own base. You know, when you send somebody into a plan with all the components in one place, like they have the shrink ray, they have the growth ray, mm. things backfire, and at the end, Shipwreck's bird, who I'm sure has a name that I've forgotten, Shipwreck, the nautical theme. Bombs away. 
Yeah, bombs Away is the bird's name? I'm just guessing because of bird shit. Okay. <laughs> it gets blown up to the size of like a King Kong parrot and destroys, beats all the cobra. In my head, they're dead and squished in bird food, but you know, they're dead. But they're shown to be incapacitated and the Joes win and the bird is still big. But that plan was terrible. Like, sending anybody tiny anywhere seems like a good way to get stepped on. And then sending them with the thing that other people could get their hands on is going to backfire immediately. But this is just one of many plans that Cobra has just bungled. There, there are more that you, you see issues with? Tons. Should I get into them now? Yeah. I mean, let's, oh. let's, let's jump in it. All right. So I'll do a, a quick couple. So one, they invite a rocket scientist to a nightclub <laughs> because he has a new, a new rocket. And they launch the nightclub into space and then, like, hold it ransom until he gives them the plots for the rocket, the rocket technology. And I'm like, why did you need to franchise a nightclub? Why did you need to furnish the nightclub with dancers and disco balls and music and DJs? You could have had them come. Okay, let's say, let's say you, had to, you had a rocket building. And you were like, it, you could have just been like, come to this nightclub. And he shows up and he's like, this isn't a nightclub. This is an abandoned building. <laughs> rocket. <laughs> But that's not even the dumbest part of the plan. The, 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 you didn't need a rocket building at all. You could have just grabbed the guy and been like, tell us the plan or we'll strap you to a rocket. You didn't need a right. building involved with this. Or get rid of the rocket altogether. Be like, give us the technology that we want or we're going to kill you. There's so many ways you could have achieved this goal without having to get a nightclub. And now see, aside from your laugh, that's the one thing I, I would criticize you on is your, your lack of panache. <laughs> yeah, you, you could. You could just put him in a rocket. I'm direct. What can I say? You wanted to just shoot a good Aaron. And I said, no, no, no. I want you to think outside the box a little bit. <sighs> I know. And you you went like this, I remember. You looked at me and I went, oh, fine, Shark <laughs> Tank. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> Panache. And then we got the, the prism sharks. Mm-hmm. So there's another episode where, again. Another episode of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, where Cobra Commander, they invent a television news network where they bash on G.I. Joe. And immediately everybody's like, these guys are bad now. Mm. It's called Cobra News Television. Okay. Which acronyms are CNT, which I think whoever wrote that is still probably like patting themselves on the back. That they a, put, a super villain in his own right. Yeah, put put some naughty words on television so that a naughty acronym on television so kids didn't know, but parents are like, um, uh, what does that say? What is this news network called? I'd still watch it more than I watch Fox News. Oh, <laughs> oh buzzing. But the one that I really wanted to get to, this is from the episode Rocket's Red Glare. Mm. And it's where... Cobra Commander has bought thousands of, like, fast food restaurant chains called Red Rocket, which, again, dog boner <laughs> jokes? Come on. But the logo of this these restaurants, like, their version of the Golden Arches is, like, a big, giant red rocket on the roof. But Cobra mm -hmm. turns them into all real rockets and then is like, I'm going to launch it. Well, you know what? I'll just have him tell you. Demonstrate the destructive power of this weapon on this exact 
center of one of your cities. Watch closely. This will be your fate if Cobra's demands are not met. No rubble, no untidy after effects. Nothing remains but memories. To avert this tragedy, you need only surrender control of your nation to Cobra. You'll have till dawn to decide. Sleep on it. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of a preface here. <laughs> okay. They're in a helicopter flying through a city, and they see this on television inside of a building on a TV in somebody's living room in an apartment. So you're flying in a helicopter going super fast, I assume, and you're like, wait, hold up, hold up. Look into that person's living room and see what they're watching on TV, and then this is what they're able to discern from a helicopter outside of somebody's apartment building. Mm-hmm, And fucking Cobra's like, I have 150 missiles, right? And I have them targeted at every major, like, city in the world. In the world, there's more than 150, dude. I think your math is off. I don't know his math, but you fucked this up. I mean, in his defense, I'm assuming he meant cities that he cares about. There's probably cities that he's not, like, like, bumfuck. He's not shooting. He's not threatening to blow up bumfuck. All right, fine. But then he's like, I'm going to I'm going to display the power of this rocket. How? On an exact replica of one of these cities. So not only have you, again, bought a bunch of these, let's say, like McDonald's style restaurants with rockets on the roof. You're running these places. You're pumping out food. And now you have to build an exact replica of a city just to show what this bomb does. This plan is all sorts of. Just extra. He's being so extra right now. The, the the franchising of the Red Rocket restaurants alone. Can you imagine? You and I are like, let's just pretend you and I are like Cobra, low-level Cobra people. And mm-hmm. you're like, I joined because I was disenfranchised with the government and I wanted to make a difference and tear down the systems of capitalism and start a new government with Cobra as the leader. And to do that, I'm flipping burgers? You think, I see. No, because later, is, later they show all the Cobra people are like working in these oh, restaurants. Oh, so you see that? Yeah, and 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 it's done in such a way that leads you to believe that every restaurant has that. That wasn't just one. They restaurant. show they show lots of these restaurants, and lots they're all of Cobra them. employees. They're, that I guess that's not one hundred percent true because one of the who's the big bald guy who rhymes all the time? He, Mister Body wait, Massage Machine, go wait, um, uh, L Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> In the G.I. Joe show. I can't remember his name. I forgot uh, it. Let's just call him Freestyle. Well, <laughs> he he is on the a road trip with another G.I. Joe, and he's like, I bet you can't wait to my aunt and uncle's restaurant. It's awesome. And they show up, and the aunt and uncle's restaurant is one of these fucking things. And like they're like, oh, the evil corporation made us sell our restaurant and open one of these things. So like they're like franchising out. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's a lot of work. I don't like. I, I assume it's hard work to run a terrorist organization, but I think it's also really hard work to franchise a it's fast food. It's not that hard. <laughs> the, the problem is, you're right, the problem is terrorist organization and fast food franchise. Yeah, which is like terrorist organization itself. I mean, they are poisoning us. But on the other the other side of that same coin is if you are running a terrorist organization and a fast food franchise, 
if you market it well and provide a good product, the fast food franchise could be bringing in some money. Yeah, I guess right? so. Right? I mean, I would overcharge like a motherfucker. I'm already a terrorist. <laughs> 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 right? I mean, just fucking gouge those prices. Um, and well, as far as making a replica city, yeah, I think you're missing the big point there. I don't know how well they showed that city, but you could make a pretty shitty city. You know, like, it was probably a lot of facades. Like, do you think all those houses had stairs inside? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like one of those phony, like, uh, Las Vegas nuclear bomb test sites. Yeah, yeah. Like, from far away, it probably looked, like, real legit. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you walk close, it's probably like that episode of Arrested Development where it's just, like, a bunch of small houses that were only, like, a foot or two high. <laughs> but, like, from full, like from you shoot it correctly with a camera, forced perspective makes it look like real houses. Mm, maybe, know? maybe, maybe. I mean, I suppose we are just taking Cobra at his legit word. Like, it could have been a fake city altogether and, like, you know, it's just bullshit. It wasn't a full-size thing. I think that's a good, I don't find a flaw in that plan. <laughs> so he was saying, if you don't submit your cities to my rule, I'll blow them up. That yeah. was essentially what he was saying. With with fast food chain missiles. I suppose the long goal would have just been not use the missiles and just blow them up on fast food. Like just blow their society up. Well, I mean, yeah, just size give wise. everybody diabetes and get them yeah. sick as hell. Yeah. I mean, <gasps> what if that's already happening right now? Anyone who's listening... If you own a fast food restaurant, go check your sign. Is it a missile? <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, as a supervillain, I guess I'm fine. Although, as a supervillain, I don't want him to control everybody. I want me to control everybody. So, yeah, if it's a missile, call G.I. Joe. <laughs> Tell him. Uh, I'm just in the mood for some hamburgers right now. I kind of could go for some hamburgers. Mm, some fast food. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. <laughs> I'm in the mood for some dog dick. <laughs> oh. They call it a happy meal when you buy it. The box has like a little tail that wiggles. <laughs> if you turn it on its side, it's a little dog dick. <laughs> Hysterical. All right, what other plans you got? I don't know that I have any more bad ones. This is kind of bumming me out. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about some some good ones that I liked? Oh, you have a good. You have a plan that you respect. Oh, yeah, a couple of them that I think were kind of flawless. Go for it. One of them we mentioned our buddy, uh, Mr. Wilson Fisk, mm -hmm. the kingpin. Yeah. In Born Again, when he destroyed Matt Murdock's life, he gets the idea that, or he gets the information that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, and instead of doing what most of us would do and just fucking go public with it, he ruins him systematically. He makes him lose his job. He blows up his house. He blows up his family's gym. There's His father used to work out in, and he just destroys him mentally and then beats him up physically i think that's like a fucking great i thought that was a good plan wilson fisk is usually one for some good plans yeah he, and he's in it for the long con he, he like looks forward he sees what's happening he doesn't get over committed and he doesn't over execute and i think that's important no yeah usually he's on the ball and he's got some great ideas especially when you're doing the psychological damage route mm -hmm. like Overcommitting is, I think, one of the biggest things, like overcomplicating your plans. It doesn't take much to mess with somebody's head. And that's one thing that the leaders of the support group keep trying to impress on us. And it's just like, make it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, simple, stupid. What's another good one? Again, another guy that we talked about, Norman Osborn, elected the head of Hammer, then created the Dark Event. Well, I mean, 
they didn't know they were dark Avengers, but the Avengers that were really super villains under mm-hmm. his power and Dark Reign, as it was called, I would have called it Go Osborne, Go. But <laughs> he was in charge of most of America and everyone loved him and he fought off the Skrull invasion and he was held as a hero. But the whole time he was out for self and that's the way to fucking do it. I mean, that's what they teach us in school. Yeah, uh, I thought that was like a great plan. I thought that was well executed again. And, and you know, he couldn't hold it together in the end. But that's n- Norman's crazy. Norman's a great mind, but he's also fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, he lets his emotions get him tangled up. Those two plans, I think, are very good. But there's one great plan, which I literally can find no flaw in. Yeah, what is it? Read a book or watched a movie or hung out with a dude in The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Ozymandias. Mm. He has an amazing plan. Oh, tell me. He murders an entire city for the what he calls the greater good. Now, granted, I wouldn't be doing it for the greater good. I would have murdered the whole city and then made myself the savior. Mm-hmm. But he eradicates an entire city and blames it on a extraterrestrial threat so that humanity bands together. and stop. He essentially stops a nuclear war. Now, you know me. I would not be stopping any nuclear wars. Well, it's interesting because here is a villain who is, in his head, a hero. Correct. So the lines are crossed. So, like, we we shouldn't root for him. He's trying to get world peace. We should be rooting for the nuclear war. We as villains. Yes. Correct. But because he's, like, so blinded by his passion project, he ends up becoming a villain. Well, the outcome is ultimately altruistic correct Mm. and i think he's like a great accidental villain and i aspire to be him but knowing what the fuck i'm doing like (laughs) i would be blowing people up and shit with the purpose not to avoid an overwall i mean i i suppose i wouldn't want nuclear war in the country that i was currently standing in yeah right i mean that's pretty much a go-by but he gets away with it not only do his friends not kill him they're all on board. The only person not on board is Rorschach, and Dr. Manhattan kills him for that because he says, for the greater good of the world, we need to sit on this, even though yeah. we think it's a terrible travesty. And Ozymandias feels it. He's upset about it, but he is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and I'm committed to that to the point of murdering millions to save billions. Holy shit. I just, I'm on board with murdering millions, period. But I would have also tried to be like, by the way, everybody... I saved us from that. I should be in charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah, you would have swooped in and been, been, you know, the hero. Oh, out of I would have hella swooped. Man, what a what a conflicting sort of moral area. Mm. Mm. How villainous! That's pretty diabolical. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's commitment. A lot of us can't commit to that level. Yeah, we want to, but I think that subconsciously. You know, we, we pull our finger back from the button at the last minute. And his victory is, like, also a curse. Like, he succeeds yes. in his plan, but it's so taxing on his soul. That's the thing. And he says he is going to be dead inside about that, but the world will carry on, and he's happy about that. He also had a cool cat. Bubestus. Yeah. The genetically engineered lynx. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, until he fucking put him in a giant toaster. <laughs> that's cool, too. If you have an awesome friend who's also your pet and you fucking fry him. Oh, man. That's a good villain move, too. <laughs> that's just icing on the nuclear war of a city cake. Cold as fuck. 
Well, now that we've researched all these failure plans, mm -hmm. I think we'll be unstoppable. Oh no, look! It's the good Rocketeers! We're here to stop you, handsome devils. How did you escape? See, I'm using the good voice now. I'm liking it, I'm liking it. Yes, how did you escape? Well, Rocketeevils, as the laser beam hit Matt's nether region, you didn't account for how strong he'd be. It bounced off his crotch, launching the laser beam into another direction, straight towards my enclosure, where... As Aaron dangling above a tank filled with deadly prism sharks, a prism shark launched itself towards Aaron's dangling body and intersected the beam that refracted off my junk. The beam went through the prism shark and split into many different lasers, each cutting one of Aaron's bonds. As I fell, I karate kicked the prism shark into a million pieces and the shards of prism flew into Matt's enclosure, severing his bonds and freeing him. Well done, Rocketeers. But how did you get here? We're in space aboard your ship that we stole. Duh. Duh. We're rocketeers. <laughs> we have jetpacks. Well, Matt, we kicked these villains' asses. Now we're going to make them Chef Boyardee's. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It sounds scary and dirty. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've taken our ship back yep. and our show, let's do our own countdown yeah. of the worst villain plots. All right, Rumi, to kick off our countdown while we have these evildoers in cuffs, it's Dr. Doom swapping places with Daredevil. He really didn't think ahead when you swap places with somebody to do the old sneak into your nemesis's lair so they trust you. He didn't think about the downside of trading places with a blind man, which I think you should have done. No foresight there, eh, old chum? <laughs> <laughs> pretty uh, pretty stupid plan, for sure. Yeah. Although I think a little bit stupider is our number four, mm -hmm. Lex Luthor stealing cakes. Like, fucking why? Like, what did he need? Was he at a bar mitzvah? Why did he need 40 cakes hmm. post-haste without paying for it? He definitely didn't calculate how terrible that would be. He also didn't even wear a mask. <laughs> He's a famous billionaire supervillain, and he went to a bakery and stole 40 cakes on you a know, cart. Actually, you know what? That just seems like something rich people would do, you know, just for funsies because they can get away with it. Like It's like slumming, but yeah. the bakery version. Well, remember that like famous, some TV personality like got caught licking donuts, and she's like, I'm famous. Oh, matter. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that one you guy. You think she got that idea from Lex Luthor? Yeah. She was there to steal cakes, but kind of pushed out on the bigger she plan. Was, <laughs> she was in the donut, or the, the bakery, and she was like, had a whole bunch of donuts, and she was like, 27, 28, 29, 30. They caught her, and she was like, ah, I was trying to get the Luthor record. And that's terrible. <laughs> well, what do you got for number three? Stealing cakes is stupid, but banging old women for islands, I guess, is just as dumb a plan, <laughs> if not stupider. Uh, Dr. Octopus marrying Aunt May for an island that she inherited and didn't know about it. You're a mad scientist. You could not come up with a better scheme. Like, <sighs> I mean, to get an island? She didn't even know she had it. You probably yeah. could have taken it from her without her knowing. Yeah, you could have just shown up and started using that power plant the way you wanted to. If you had $50 that you didn't know about... I wouldn't steal it because I'm a good guy. But I could just take it. You wouldn't know you lost $50. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't marry you Dude. for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> nice try, Dr. Octopus. Well, coming in at number two, anything that Cobra Commander does, 
Cobra Commander <laughs> is one of the dumbest, one of the worst supervillains on the planet. He is always foiled. I, I can't believe that of all these things he's tried, it's never succeeded once in any way. I bet he's better in the comics, but in the television show, he is just the worst of the worst. Making shrink rays that don't work, make, making a nightclub that shoots into space, making a TV network that is terribly named, and like franchising a bunch of fast food restaurants with rockets. Would you say he's a supersize failure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's on the value menu. <laughs> well, we have all these terrible, terrible supervillains. The worst. We have all these terrible, terrible plots. What was the stupidest supervillain plan in this episode? What's the number one worst villain uh, plan? Number one on the list was the Rocket Evils trying to steal our show. Yeah, like, are you like serious? Like, of all the things, you'd rather you should try to steal forty cakes. Yeah, if that makes more sense yeah. than trying to take Stealing our show. A podcast? Are you kidding me? <laughs> we almost got away with it. What are you going to do with us now? Launch us out of the airlock? Are you going to shrink us and throw us into the toilet? Are you going to steal forty of our cakes? <laughs> nope. Nope. That's not what we're going to we, do. Uh, we have something far more punishing. Lay it on him, Rumi. We are going to banish you to the Fantagram Zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I no! hate this song. No! I hated it when it came out. I hate it now. <laughs> they play it so many times on the radio. They actually... The name of this song is When I'm Small, so I vote that we also <laughs> miniaturize them and throw them in the toilet. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rumi, this is a song called When I'm Small by Fantagram. It's off the album Eyelid Movies. It's pretty, pretty good stuff. We dig it. I like it. Good enough to foil our foes with. So now we uh, put them on a CD and it spins out into space <laughs> and you can see their faces on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like plastered against it like a window because we didn't have any uh, lightning hula hoops to revolve around them, so we had to put them in this CD and flip them into space. Damn you, Rocketeers! You handsome fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> Ready to blast this thing off, Rumi? You got it, dude. Here we go. <laughs> Never try to hijack the Rocketeer show or our spaceship. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Rocketeers in the launch pad, lay it down Yeah, you know we the best, we wear the fucking crown You can't stop us, pounding the ground We the baddest motherfuckers ever around We're the killers, get you up, man, you can't steal us Try to take a show, man, you can't admit us Yeah, we're the ones who coming at you with the mad words You're the one coming at us like stupid turds yeah, mad raps, motherfucker. Was that off the dome, Ruby? Yeah, that was a freestyle for you all you. Why could, Why would they ever try to steal our show? I don't know, man. Because it's the raddest around. <laughs> that was hot, dude. <laughs> Sometimes I'm inspired. <laughs> You're inspiring. I'm inspired now. <laughs> I don't know how often my wife is like, are you rapping to yourself right now? I'm like, no, no. 
That's really the one thing that my wife likes about me. I'm not a rapper. I'm more of a poem or song maker. And she thinks that's cool as hell. And it's, it's two things. That, she thinks I'm cool. And she thinks I'm cool because I'm a good bowler. And I'm not a good bowler. So it's really just the one thing. That's the one superpower I have. <laughs> I'm digging this song. It's a good song. enjoyed our villains episode we had a lot of fun doing this one we hope you enjoyed listening to it you should keep in touch with us let us know what you thought on our facebook on our instagram and on our twitter at launchpad pod and you can visit us on the web at launchpadpod.com we have a great episode coming up for you in two weeks we're trying to get this creepy kids episode out i think that one's going to be a lot of fun and next week we have our second episode of What Have You Been Watching? Matt and I are going to discuss just a quick little something, little talk. Talk about what we've been watching, what we've been reading, and we'd love to hear from you guys. So let us know on our Twitter, or Instagram, our Facebook. What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? What have you been reading? Just keep hitting us up. We love it. Big shout out to all our fans. We are so happy that you are listening and digging the Launchpad Pod. Till next time, Rocketeers out. Thank <laughs> you.